You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Cards to the Moon. This is episode 79. My name is Clark from Five Card Guys on Instagram. And co-hosting with me, as always, is Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards and John, who is Trade You at Recess. So we have another special guest for this episode who we interviewed earlier. His name is Leon Cho, aka Basketball Card Enthusiast on Instagram. Uh, If you check out his Instagram page, he's got a pretty sick collection. So we'll talk to him about that, but we'll also talk to him about how he transitioned from collecting part-time to making it a full-time gig. So stay tuned for that. But before we play the interview, off the top today, I just want to mention recent news that came out earlier this week about French soccer sensation Kylian Mbappé signing an exclusive multi-year autograph memorabilia deal with panini america that means we'll finally see mbappe autograph cards starting with panini's national treasures fifa road to the world cup soccer collection in september so next month so two questions for you guys how much do you think those signed cards are going to be worth and if and uh secondly if panini isn't acquired by fanatics which is the rumor out there Um, Even after they lose their NBA license deals, do you think signing exclusive contracts with major superstar players like Mbappe from other sports can keep them afloat? So yeah, first your thoughts on Mbappe autograph cards. I know a lot of people have been waiting for them. I think uh, having that, you said national treasures? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I would imagine that's gonna, that's gonna go for a pretty penny or a lot of people are going to be all over that. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Like, uh, I'm not a huge fan of like unlicensed pri- product or whatever. Uh, I guess it would no soccer would be how would it license right? Oh, it would. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Panini has the. Has the oh license, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think it's going to be a monster card, or it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's massive. Five we figures. See, we, yeah, we see, yeah. we see it like with uh, the exquisite brand kind of. Um, in terms of kind of like uh, the big autos of the big guys. And I, I think, um, yeah, there's no different where, you know, um, Mbappe, he was a big, big deal over the last uh, couple of years in the height of the pandemic. It kind of dropped, yeah. obviously, but I think there's a lot of hype surrounding him uh, during this time as well. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a big boy card. Is this the first NT release for soccer? It is, right? I believe so because I, I don't remember. I don't there yeah, being yeah, I don't. One. There's there there's no NT. Yeah. Uh, so NT sure. road to the World Cup just in time for the World Cup. Mbappe <laughs> on card autos. Um, yeah, I don't know how much it costed to to get on Mbappe on board, but clearly Panini has one last shot at you know staying relevant and keeping mm-hmm. you know their their company values up and i think soccer is their money maker right um penny uh, sorry fanatics yeah they didn't take the soccer license um yeah so they're good there i think it was you know i can't speak to the business side i don't know how much they signed and bought before but just 
Apple's yeah. Apple's staring at what they did. It seems like the right move. That I mean, they're they're building the hype for the World Cup. They're building hype for high end soccer. And you know, if they don't get bought out, at least they're going to try to corner um, like the high end soccer market, which is not a bad move. You know. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, even if they lose their NBA license, which is going to be a huge loss for Panini, obviously. Um, I think soccer is kind of a growing uh, niche in the sports card market. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, if they continue to take the strategy um, and explore even other sports, I don't know what, what is out, out there. We, we've been saying like, it seems like the hobby is growing more international. So that might be the way Panini has to go to stay relevant right. in the hobby. Right. But, Not only relevant, but like even like, um, you know, building their, like John said, kind of like their value their brand value because mm-hmm. they're hurting so right. much and now they actually have you know value to give in terms of if if fanatics did want to approach them you know the price yeah. might be a little different now you know if True. you corner the market with like a like a mbappe type right. player right so that's i was just about to say that yeah they could increase their valuation yeah. um if, if they get bought out by fanatics so we'll stay tuned and see what happens but uh yeah good news for panini to get Mbappe um, on this deal. Okay, so with that, let's run our interview with Leon. It's a, it was a pretty lengthy interview, a lot of good stories in there, so I think you guys will uh, really enjoy um, the next 40, 45 minutes with, uh, with Leon. So we'll play that right now. Today, we're glad to have on our podcast, Leon Cho, AKA basketball underscore card underscore enthusiast on Instagram. He actually reached out to us on Instagram saying he enjoyed listening to our shows, which we're super grateful for. But we wanted to invite him on the podcast because in our chat, we found out that he's a hobby veteran, collecting cards since 1989, doing it as as a side hustle on eBay since 1999 when he was in college. And exactly, I I believe uh, you mentioned one year ago, he quit his corporate gig to do cards full time. In other words, yeah. In other words, for us in the hobby, he's living the dream. So without further ado, Leon, welcome to Cards to the Moon. Thank you guys so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Enjoy your content. Um, it's just, you know, I'm happy to be here, be able to talk about anything. Yeah. Awesome. So glad to have you. Um, so yeah, I gave a quick background introduction for you, but maybe you can fill in some details of your hobby journey. Like uh, when you said you've been collecting since 1989 was that when you were a kid growing up collecting cards like the rest of us um and uh yeah and you got back into the hobby like when i did the math a lot earlier than many of us did we got in like maybe five four three years ago during the height of the pandemic but you actually said you went back to the hobby in 1999 so you're definitely a true definition of hobby vet um so yeah you want to fill in the details of your hobby journey for us yeah absolutely so um probably about when i was about 10 that was in 1989 um, I grew up in a small town, Elizabeth City, North Carolina, and there's like three card shops there. One mm-hmm. of them was in the uh, attic or right above the garage. I remember someone's house. <laughs> he had to go through his kitchen to get up there. It's crazy. Um, S&S cards. I'll never forget that place. And then there's a couple other ones downtown. Um, mm-hmm. Small town, you know, 15,000 people, Elizabeth City. And, um, you know, kids that age, I mean, back then, gosh, you had Nintendo and you had cards. Right. Um, and this is the junk era. You know what I mean? So to me, I grew up with sets like 
1989 pro set football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 1989 score was was too expensive for me at that time <laughs> because it was short print and hard to find. Right. Those were the key cards, you know. Um, yeah. 1990 Leaf, well, it takes me back. I mean, 1990 wow. Leaf was an awesome baseball set. Right. I remember just, you know, saving my allowance just to get the key cards out of there. But um, grew up at that time, again, junk wax. So it was great. You know, did that. Um, when I got to college, well, fast forward to 1997, um, I still did cards, but the internet was like a old, you know, DOS system, um, <laughs> black screen with the green letters, you know right, what I mean? Right. And, uh, we finally got, you know, dial up internet and really all you had there much was like, you know, Beckett marketplace was still around back then, believe yeah, it or sure. not. And that was kind of one of the only places if you didn't have a card shop. I went to college at Western Carolina University. There was a card shop out there. It's in the middle of the mountains in a small town called Silva. And um, I'd buy off a Beckett Marketplace. Um, you know, college is tough. You don't have a lot of money. So, you know, mm-hmm. I would always, I remember I collected refractors back then, and I still love them now. But um, eBay, I was introduced to eBay in 1999. And that's one of the that's really where I realized like, Hey, you can make some money off this stuff, you know? Yeah. It's another plug out there to the whole wide world to, to make money. And I'll never forget. I think the first flip I ever did, and this is when I was into all sports. I didn't know. I didn't have a specialty. I just loved everything. Right. Um, uh, 1999 Bowman, I believe, uh, uh, it was baseball. It was, might've been 2000 and it was Raphael for Cal. He was a shortstop oh, yeah. for the Atlanta Braves. I remember. Yeah. And I remember he like went on this tear. I mean, and back then, like, I don't know, you might have had a 10, 20 game finish. He just went on a tear. He was a leadoff guy, mm-hmm. you know, getting on base all the time, getting lots of steals, scoring a lot mm-hmm. of runs. And Atlanta Braves back then was on everybody's TV, TBS, <laughs> you know, Turner right. Sports. Yeah. So everybody saw the Braves. And he was their new hot toy leadoff man. And I remember I had bought a lot. So I was just trying my hand at prospecting. I bought a lot of like, it might've been like 20 of his just Bowman, nothing Bowman Chrome, just Bowman cars, prospect mm-hmm. cars. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget. Like he was on this tear and I listed them on eBay. And I want to say I probably spent 50 cents to a dollar each on them, maybe less than that. And in college, you know, they have a lot of money. And then again, he went on this tear and they got up to like 20 bucks a base car. It was ridiculous. Wow, okay. It was something, something stupid. Yeah. And I sold them on eBay. That was my first flip. And I got addicted oh. ever since. And the funny thing go. is I sold them to the guy who owned the car shop in the same town. Oh, no. <laughs> he bought them <laughs> off eBay. Yeah, them. Right. So he delivered it to him. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Like, hey, you know, I, I see you all the time. Here you go. Here's your cards. But, I mean, I made such a profit on them, you know, selling them there. I mean, I mean, what, made a few hundred bucks at least. Hey. And mm-hmm. it was crazy. It was just, I was hooked. I was like, man, you can make money off of this. You know, like, I'm in college and you can prospect. And I mean, I put together a lot of crazy sets back then. This is when, you know, 1998 SP Authentic, the Vince Carter rookie. Right. Yeah, I had those nice. sets. I had the finite set. I did all of those sets. I mean, and it was it was affordable back then. And so, yeah. some of the sets I put together now, I look back at, I'm like, man, I wish I still had you know some of them. Um, and it's it's crazy, but it was that. And as I went on through college, I think I probably took a little bit of a break. Yeah, right when I graduated, which was 2001. 2002 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't a great year to me far as like basketball wasn't great. I think Yao Ming came out then. And then LeBron James hit, right? 2003, 2004 right. class. Yeah. It drew me back into it. I remember like buying boxes of, I think it was Upper Deck Glass. Um, it was a product in Upper Deck. Mm-hmm. And they were like, to me, they were like two, 200, 250 a box. And I thought that was insane trying to chase mm-hmm. LeBron James rookie cards, you know. But I got back into it and um, it kind of built from there. Um, uh, you know, I was out of college. I was selling used cars while I was starting to get my um, realtor license um, and doing cards still. There's always a side hobby for fun. Wow, all the side money, you know. Yeah. And then when I became a realtor, I was making a little bit more money, try to put more money in there, but it still was always a side hobby. Mm-hmm. I then moved to Charlotte probably 2006. And again, I'm from North Carolina, so I was all over North Carolina. And um, I got back into it kind of heavily then and then i started really doing ebay like crazy i mean from then and that's i mean those are great years i mean i look back at it i was really into it um and honestly i've always just had as a side hustle making money then you have to file taxes with paypal they shoot you that 1099 (laughs) and you're like what is (laughs) this and i've been doing that forever now but still it's just like yeah it's like it's part of the process right? right sure so fast forward to now um, I mean, I've moved around a lot. I'm in Ohio now and my, um, it's funny. I was, I've been working a corporate job. I'll working a corporate job for about seven, eight years since I moved to Ohio. Wasn't making the greatest amount of money, but okay to get by, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and this is before, right before the pandemic hit, um, I've been buying cards and, and right before it kicked in, and it was just like, uh, it, it was kind of a crazy field. Everybody's like, what's going to happen, right? Right, you know, right. Cars going to go down. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, what's going to happen? You've all heard this before. But instead of what everybody thought happened, it went opposite. Right. Things mm-hmm. boomed. And I'll never forget. In one month, I made more, and this is gross, more than I made in a yearly salary in one wow. month. Crazy. And I told my wife and she was just like, man, you should really be doing this full time instead of working for this corporate job. You Uh you know what I mean? And so I kind of wanted to weigh it out, see how it would go. And then last year I I used to do set up at card shows probably, you know, once or twice a year. So let me set up at a card show and I'll never forget. I set up at a card show and um, my wife was with me. And like within the first hour, and this was when, so last August, you got to think the the junk slabs were starting to, you know, they were right. pretty high. Anybody yeah. wanted the PSA 10, anything. PSN, <laughs> PSA 10, LaMelo Ball, I want it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. everybody wanted it. Anybody, you know, and yeah. had a ton. Um, I mean, that's, I had a ton of stuff. I mean, I, I would buy, I would, like we were talking about blowout earlier. I would buy off of there. I would buy off of Facebook. You guys were talking about, you know, the last episode, different venues to buy. Right. And I would buy all these slabs. I mean, I had hundreds and hundreds of slabs because people would send off, you know, the grading specials, get them back cheap, um, Mm -hmm. keep the ones they want and get rid of the other junk. Right. 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 And I would just be there to pick it up and I'd get them all. I'd have two row boxes full of slabs and business was booming, you know, in in, in August. And and it was kind of more towards, I think, it was kind of at the, the peak and coming back down. 
but my wife saw me like make like five grand in my first hour and she was sat with me at a show and she was just wow. like flabbergasted i mean her jaw was dropped. She <laughs> couldn't believe it and she's like you're really good at it she saw me like in action dealing with customers right, right. talking with them selling sure. um and she's like you, you really need to be doing this and so i was like okay let's give it a whirl and uh, i quit my corporate job full turkey you know how when you I don't know if you guys know, but you quit a corporate job. Everybody's like, so what are you going to do now? Where are you going? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to sell basketball cards. They're like like looking at me like, what? You guys don't know. (laughs) But they're just like, oh, okay. You know, go go for that. Sure, yeah. um, (laughs) And I've hit the ground running ever since. I mean, honestly, you know, it's been wonderful. I have two little children, so I have time to spend with them. Mm-hmm. You know, my own boss. I make my own hours. Yeah. You know, I don't have to report to anyone. Um, wife is happy. Um, financially is, is great, you know, and, and, and the big thing is just making sure you keep your records. I mean, there's a few things that, you know, I've learned along the way and talking to people that you have to do, yeah. you know, if you're in business for yourself going full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, records is a big thing about it. I mean, everything. If you go to McDonald's while you're on a card show, every scent of gas you put in you keep every single receipt and you know find a good accountant you know what i mean this guy's been doing our taxes for years he's great (laughs) but it's separate now it's like reporting everything and paying taxes quarterly so you don't get that big bill at the end of the year you know what i mean there's just little things that go into it but it's not hard if you have a good person with you but um so that's kind of where i'm at now i do shows two to three times a month i've scaled it back because as you learn shows in the area i live in ohio midwest ohio so around the columbus area i've hit all the shows here you learn what shows what people like and what's good and what's not you know the buyers they learn you and i've learned the smaller shows are fine they're great for like moving these the cheap slabs the junk slabs the dollar cards the two dollar cards five dollar cards you know that's fine Mm. And then you have a different clientele when you go to these bigger shows like um, Dallas or there's one in Shipshwana and, and, and um, Monday, right. Labor Day. It's a oh, nice yeah. show. Um, Chantilly, National, things of those natures. You have a different clientele and that's where, you know, you can make some really good money. But mm-hmm. um, I've kind of narrowed it down. I usually plan out my schedule, um, you know, a few months ahead and, you know, get all my, my hotels booked and plane flights or whatever. But I, I strategically say, hey, well, you know, this weekend, what's what shows going this time? And I try to match it up to either show right. I haven't been to or one I have been. But the thing is, is I've kind of cut out some of the smaller shows unless it's local and I have a free free time in there. But with kids gotcha. and sports, you know, it's kind of like you want to have your weekends free. So I try to limit it to, like I said, two or three a month. Okay, but that's really where the majority of the income come from come from is the show because the mm, show is cash in hand. You know what yeah. I mean? It's cash. Cash is king. Um, and there's other venues. I mean, I saw on Instagram, um, I post a lot and, you know, people just say, hey, your car's for sale. And that's a good plug there. Um, blowout. I've had very good success there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Facebook. <laughs> on all these groups, you can, if you're well known, like you were saying on the last you know episode, yeah. once you build that cred. All right. You put a fire cell up, you'll have like hundreds of people watching. It's almost like whatnot or whatever. You know, I'm not even on whatnot, but I imagine you have hundreds of people looking at your feet. Same thing with Facebook. You get in a reputable group, you get that cred and you post on there and you're like, I'm running a fire cell or running a sale. And 
you have hundreds of watchers and those have been very successful as well. Nice. So, um, like I said, that's kind of in a nutshell, I kind of went off track, but it's kind of nutshell. Yeah. How, how no, I appreciate it. Yeah. Right yeah. No, yeah. Kind of answer my next question about how you transitioned into buying and selling cars. So we appreciate the history behind it. And, and we should have had Leon on last week's show when we're talking about alternatives right, to right. eBay because he <laughs> seems to have been on it all. <laughs> you guys hit it though. I mean, you guys hit the nail on the head. Okay. I mean, it's not just eBay. It's not just PWCC. Right. It's not just Golden. I do believe what you guys said about PWCC and Golden is a great point. There's not a lot of eyes out there yet compared to like eBay. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't. I've watched and I've looked at some things. I've never actually bought anything, but I've kept my eye on a few things. And a lot of my friends have bought off of there with great success and getting yeah. things cheaper and. That's a, another great plug. But I, when I think of PWCC and Golden, I think of higher end, right? Yeah, right. for sure. You're not looking at $10, $20 slabs. You're looking at really higher end. Yeah, right? you're right. So that's kind of a different niche, I guess you could say, you know, that mm -hmm. have eyes on that. Um, Absolutely. And, and I mean, I've one, one important thing that I've always done is, you know, you treat people how you want to be treated, right? Mm -hmm. And so at shows, I mean, a lot of people that I buy from or even that I sell to, and you develop a you know a friendship. You exchange numbers. Right. You hit them up every once in a while. Hey, I got this and new. Like I got a guy just hit me up before I got in here. Hey, what new Larry Bird, Magic Johnson autos you got? He always right. buys them from me, right. and I'm always getting them in. And so I just send it over, and it's you know it's, you just develop that relationship. Right. And um, even on blowout, I have some guys that will always come to me and sell, and they don't even post their stuff for sale. But I can hit them up because I know they do breaks or I know they have just stuff they're digging up. Right, and it's right. like a plug. And you just keep going back to them. And it, but you develop that, you know, friendship. So I've learned that along the way, too, is, you know, without a lot of these people, I wouldn't have the inventory that I have, you know what I mean, to be able to buy and sell. And that's another big thing with the inventory. you got to keep it moving. Um, one thing my, my buddy told me, do you, um, car collector, too, Ryan? Yep. Um, mm. We were having lunch. Like I remember last year, we were just sitting having lunch. He's local here, and um, yeah. he was like, "You gotta keep that inventory turn, man. I mean, especially when you're starting out, because mm -hmm. you don't have time to afford to, to hold a bag on stuff and sit there right, on right. cars that you think are gonna go up or cars that are gonna multiply. You know, oh, let me wait till he has a great season, because mm -hmm. that's money that's sitting there that you can use for something that you could flip right away, or you can mm -hmm. put money towards something else." Yeah. And that's one of the things is when the inventory and doing shows, I don't ever want to have the same thing. People travel these shows. So you see the same people, a lot of these bigger shows. I don't want you to come mm -hmm. to my table when I'm having the same thing every time. And it's kind of right. like, I'm not offering anything new. So between every show, I'm always buying, I'm always looking for stuff. I'm always trying to either trade things out or try to, you know, sell things online just so I always have new inventory because um, I always want to be able to provide something for them. Like, oh, you didn't, I didn't see this last time or there's something really cool, you know. So I don't keep yeah. things long at all. The, okay, the inventory just is, is flipping pretty fast. Yeah, but, um, I was going to ask, like, yeah, I mean, from that, you can't. Sorry, from that perspective, when you're saying uh, you don't like to hold on to inventory, um, is are there any particular cards you like to target? like, Or do you just kind of stay on top of the pulse of what's hot and what's not? in like a given month or two months? Like how do you determine what to buy and uh, what to sell? So interestingly, you know, it's, it's weird. It's like when I first started, um, slabs were the craze, right? I mean, everybody wanted to buy these PSA slabs. Like I was saying, you had a PSA 10 of the rookie, everybody wanted it and you were getting premium price for it. Mm 
Mm. But, but I had to adjust because that crashed, right? Everybody started getting their PSA orders back. And there are right. 5 million Luca Prisms PSA 10s <laughs> out there. And they mm -hmm. dropped from what to what? I mean, Silver Prisms, I was selling them at 7, 8 grand. Where are they now? PSA Damn. 10s. Under two, yeah. Clark? Or two, around two. <laughs> I have one. So. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying, like, you know, but they, the, the market got crazy, right? They got yeah, flooded. Yeah. Um, For sure. But that, that's just a small example. You're talking about just the regular base cards. I mean, it's ridiculous. And yeah. I saw that. And I saw that. I was like, man. Everybody, I walk around the show. Everybody's got the same thing. These bulk slabs of modern stuff. That's not good because if, if you go somewhere, why would you buy from me if the whole row down has the same PSA slab pins sure. and they could fight with you on price, right? Nice. So I, I thought to myself and I said, "Well, what is something I don't see a lot of?" Hmm. And the shows around here, I don't see Hall of Famer autos. Mm, interesting so i said that's gonna be my niche and if you look on my instagram it's not psa 10 lamella balls right, right. Yeah, yeah you're right it's all hall of fame stuff it's Larry all Bird. and yeah. it's all on card mm -hmm. because okay people i've found at least in the, who i sell to they want to buy that stuff they want right. to buy the exquisites they want to buy the flawless they want to buy the immaculates they want to buy you know um all these cars that are on card they, they like it because for one it's if you look at it this way there's not that much exquisite out there you guys know that you know what i mean yeah so i remember i was like my goal is get one whole full, full showcase of exquisite right with all the hall of famers and stuff and then i found out that was gonna be kind of hard to do because i couldn't mm. keep them long enough they were selling so much you know so oh, well right and so if you look i'm kind of what i post that's really what i deal with i deal with hall of famers on card autos you know patch autos from the better, higher end products um and it's worked for me because people are like oh i know mm. that i've had people come up to me at shows and be like man you're the only person that has this kind of stuff mm -hmm. especially at the smaller shows you know what i mean yeah nobody has 10 larry bird autos or magic autos to choose from or dr j or kareem or even bill russell right right um, right and i was like hey i might be on to something so uh, that's where i've kind of stuck with because it works for me and it's it's that's kind of where i narrow so when i'm buying okay. that's what i'm looking for and i'm also looking for scarcity i mean a lot of people a lot i, I hate to say it, but a lot of the newer people or a lot of people that just get into it, they're like, oh, eBay goes back 90 days, right? And then they mm -hmm. look at 130 point, which sometimes is not accurate, believe it or not. Right. right. Um, but therapy goes back 365 days. Mm -hmm. And it shows a complete mm -hmm. eBay sale. And that's what I use. But the things that I really like is when I can go and find something like a maybe exquisite Bill Russell or something, right? Patch auto. And none of them have sold in the last mm. 365 days on eBay. To me, that's like, that's rare. You know, right. that's something that, you know, you don't have any comps for. I mean, you can look at other things for comps, you know, all, you know, different sure. things. But some things that you can't find comps on that are so scarce for short printed, especially some of the exquisite lower number stuff. Yeah, It's kind of like, I'm definitely buying it. I want it. I don't care. You know what I mean? That's something that I know it's out. Nobody else will have it. Mm. And I'm not trying to pump hey exquisite or you know hall of fame autos right it's just what what works for me and it's yeah. what people know before and people like i said people buy for me that's they know I, I go to leon's table he's gonna have a bunch of hall of fame autos and i've right. branched it out to a little bit of 
football and baseball, but I mainly stick to basketball just because um, that's kind of what my niche, you know, that's what mm-hmm. I, what I know very well, you know what yeah. I mean? So, and, and like uh. I was telling you guys, I was breaking products, remember? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it was, and that stuff is just awesome from 2012, all that, all the hall of famers and stuff come out of the first year exquisite and immaculate, mm-hmm. but, but go ahead. No, no, I like that. You're, you're intentional about your strategies. That's always a good point. Good advice. Um, you know, now that you've done, or now that you've been doing it for, uh, on a full-time basis, and we all know that we're kind of in this bear market. A lot of our episodes are like, what do you do in this bear market? Um, uh, how have you found, uh, yeah. How have you been managing and you know, are, are there any challenges, uh, that you're facing right now? No, honestly, um, it's more about getting and finding, it's almost like a treasure hunt to me when I buy, it's finding the rare pieces. Okay. People see it and they're like, I have to have it. I'll give an example. Um, other day, I think I traded for, and that's another way of getting, you know, trading. You don't always have to buy. People always sure. think, where do you get all this money to buy stuff? If you have plenty of inventory, you can trade. You know, right. you never know what people want. But I had a Pete Maravich flawless um, game use patch. Um, I can't remember what year it was. I want to say it was 2015, 16, or 16, 17. Mm-hmm. It was in a Celtics uniform, which you only played 26 games for the Celtics. So right. it's pretty rare if you think about it. It was number one out of three, and it was graded a BGS gym 9.5, and the subgrades were like almost a pristine. So oh. something like that is like, for some, first of all, some, the person is going to buy that. They're going to have to like flawless. They're going to like high end. But it's like something that I guarantee you those other two weren't graded a 9.5 if they're even out there. And it's game worn. Pete Maravich, I don't believe he has any certified autographs because, you know, he passed away. He might mm-hmm. have like a certified cut or something where it's a check or something, but I actually pack inserted autographs. Right. And it's like, that's going to be a high, highly desired piece for people that love Pete Maravich or even Hall of Famers because that's going to be the closest you get to an auto, right? And sure. That's pack inserted. So I saw it. I was like, I have to have it. You know what I mean? And immediately I sold it the first show I put it out there. At, mm. at pretty much asking price, which is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> so, nice. I mean, it's it's kind of those type of things, like Wilt Chamberlain autos. There's, right. He's only has two issues, and they have two parallels with it. Um, incredible, um, incredible auto upper deck, and then the, um, Century Legends or something like that. And they have the parallel mm-hmm. ones out of thirteen, other ones out of hundred. So it's a total of numbered one hundred thirteen. Then the non-numbered, they're they're out there, but usually the autos are smudged or faded or whatever. Right. But you got to think, Wilt, one of the greatest players of all time. That's all he's got, right? Mm-hmm. Now he goes, he has some patches and stuff, but they're they're far and few between. But stuff like that, when I see that stuff, I perk right up. I'm like, I want that <laughs> stuff because it's stuff that you don't see every day. And yeah. people that really love basketball and like Hall of Famer stuff, that's what I mean. I, mean, I found out they like, and it hasn't been hard because I find pieces like that. I saw the Will Auto. I had a gym, incredible auto. I had a gym. Uh, SGC 98 Gem 10 was an old label. Right. And mm-hmm. um, that was probably one of my favorite cars. And honestly, that's just, I, w- I was happy to have it and I had it for a year. And then I'm like, okay, it's time to move it. You know what I mean? So those type of things is just, it's cool to have. I didn't even put it out for sale till recently. And mm-hmm. those are the type of things I usually try to put stuff like that for sale towards the national because that's when people are really, really want that stuff the, the stuff yeah. that's hard to find they want to have it for the national but um 
it hasn't been difficult once I found my niche. I felt okay. like if I would have stayed with those slabs, and I was mm. like, let me just keep buying slabs and bolt. Right, that would have been right. a problem. And then I would have, a lot of people get left holding, like I said, the bag. They have these slabs and they don't know what to do with them or they put money into them or they're waiting to grade them and then they get them back and they've lost 75% of their value. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, what do you go from there? So immediately, probably right after August or September, I just moved them all. I started bulking mm -hmm. them out at shows and like people that want to like, take them from me because I didn't want to be stuck with these slabs that kept you know falling right. in value and i kept seeing more and more of them and so then i went towards on card hall of fame autos or patch autos yeah or just rare stuff i mean i love gold prisms i love tops you guys had a episode talking about what would you rather have right gold mm -hmm. prism true top gold, right, right. 50, or tops gold right refractor yeah i, I think that. Yeah. you know what i mean like oh. gold <laughs> gold that's the right gold answer you know i <laughs> yeah. mean the gold yeah. prisms yeah, every year they're going to keep coming out with them, right? But every year mm -hmm. they keep selling. Yeah. Every year the key rookies hit five figures, yeah. sometimes more. Tops Chrome, there's only a small window. They only made it from um, the golds. Let's see, they probably didn't make those until 2003 to 2009. Right. Mm, right. The golds. Right. Yeah. So yeah. what's the window there? Six years? Six, seven mm -hmm. years? Yeah. And they serial numbered them. 99 50 you know yeah. um so the window is smaller there and it's like they don't pop up very often and when they do it's i mean i, I just posted a lot today just one i picked up and it had i think a gold mcgrady a gold yow um from 2009 that's like mm -hmm. my favorite year that's the curry's year but that year right. to me that was just more scarcer year than all of them i believe you know what i mean because you had to buy the regular tops they didn't have tops chrome packs you yeah. had to get them out of regular tops hobby packs or they had other packs too but the golds were so hard to hit right but um yeah i mean those type of things it's just that's kind of what i look for and there's enough of it out there um i mean i it, and it's like a lot of other people i'll see they'll buy hey you know they have a lot of Ant-Man, and I like Ant-Man. That's cool. And they have a lot of Lamelo. I'm not so high on him. And they have a lot of Luca and Trey. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to buy one of those guys, I, I mean, things like the Gold Prism would appeal to me. Now, that's right. I don't know. If that's something I probably can afford. But I'm just saying this. But those things appeal versus anything else. I mean, right. their anti-RPAs are just so sky high, and the Macklet, you know, um, RPAs and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. They're really high end, but it's hard to buy in if you want those guys. That's kind of what you want to go for to me because those have the most, to me, room to make the money. Where you get the smaller stuff, you have smaller levels of, uh, you know, make margin there, profit margin. Sure. But if you buy a bunch of them in quantity, you know, if you think, oh, let me buy Luca Prism PSA 10s at 200 and 250 and he makes a run and wins a championship and then they're 500 or whatever, you know what I mean? You're making it there, but that's a big if. And it's, it's right. tough with... The newer guys, Hall Good of point. Famers are established. Hall mm -hmm. of Famers have already done what you know. You know their accolades, right? Sure. They they've won championships, MVPs. They've you can go back and watch video on them and see how great they were because a lot of the newer people don't know who these guys are. Right. Yeah. But the thing it's about true. Hall of Famers, there may not be that the the peaks, the ups and downs like the newer guys. The mm -hmm. newer guys have a great fifty point game. Boom, right? Yeah, Double, the triple, volatility. Quadruple. 
Hall of Famers can't do, <laughs> do that. I mean, they're already established. <laughs> but I like the stability that I'll, I'm not going to be left holding the bag with Hall of Famers. Point, I can put $10,000 in buying Hall of Famer autos, right? But I'm not worried about it dropping to 5000 next year. Mm. But I could True. put $10,000 in a prospect or a newer guy, and I can worry about it dropping to 5000 I mean, you got to right. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So For sure. that's kind of, you know, how I've adjusted yeah. my train of thought with with buying now and you know and that's just kind of the way i look at things when people bring stuff to for me to buy and they have a bunch of modern stuff i mean i politely say you know no thank you you know you know it's not for me but mm -hmm. because like i said i see it everybody in the show has it i don't want what everybody else says i want to be yeah. different i okay. want to be able to have like i said what no one else has so when they come to my table it's like ooh, that's but it's not for everyone you know what I mean? Yeah. Some people are like, right. they look at my showcases and it's all high in basketball. And they're like, you got any baseball or football or right. man, that's fine. But there's, yeah, basketball is a popular sport. And yeah. it's, it's pro if most people I've talked to said, yeah, it's popular, but there's also a lot of money to be made in basketball cards with the Asian market, you know, international, sure. there's a lot mm -hmm. of money to be made in, in basketball cards. For sure. Yeah. It, it doesn't yeah. spread like the baseball and football doesn't hit hit Asia like basketball does. No, you know what sure. I mean? So, um, good, yeah, good point. Nice. Kind of what I focus on, you know, that how to, yeah. how I adjust it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, we appreciate that insight. Um, when you mentioned that you got rid of all your slabs cause you saw that trend going down, like that reminded, like that's pretty much what you did too, young, right? Yeah. Like, that was uh, what we talked about today earlier, er, earlier, earlier today. That was kind of like my mission earlier on in the year. Um, kind of, you know, noticed that slabs were trending downwards in general. They were overpriced to begin with. A lot of the ultra modern stuff, you know, people have been just grading, thinking that they could, you know, just make money just on the fly. And, you know, of course, on a bullish market, yeah, you could you could buy anything. You could buy Luis Robert, Topps Chrome and still make money, right? But it's not right. it's not true when, you know, things are going the other way. So that was one of my um I guess kind of goals in 2022 is to lower my inventory in terms of slabs. You know, I I, I actually uh, I got rid of about $150,000 worth of slabs um, uh, over the last three, four months. So it was a mission to kind of like get it all out the door before they kind of uh, went, went downhill. So, yeah. Yeah. Good move, guys. Good move. Um, yeah, I only have one more set question before we get into the rapid fire. But uh, John, Young, you have any additional questions you want to ask Leon? Go for it, John, if you have any. I'm just always always curious. Anytime we have a guest on, like what your 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 PC is. Do you, I I know your mm. your moving cards. Lick, you know, at any at any chance you get, but there must be something that's sentimental to you or that you hold dearly, like your your, your collection piece. You know, I'll, you guys are gonna laugh because uh, it used to be, you know, any Jordan Auto I could get. Used to be, you know, Will Autos, things of like yeah. that nature, uh, LeBron, mm -hmm. Kobe. But honestly, like. I've had so many of those and I've gone through them and I've That's learned, nice. <laughs> I've learned in this business working for myself, nothing, there's no card that doesn't have a price tag on it. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To me, mm -hmm. um, I could say, you know, I could have an, a Jordan exquisite auto patch out of 23 or something that's worth six figures or whatever. But if someone offers me the right amount of money for it, it's gone. Because right. I, I look at it this way. Um, 
it's fun for me. It's a hobby. Yeah, and I do it for a living. But my PC is a no-name guy that I started collecting in 2013. I'm a Sacramento Kings fan, mm-hmm. and um, they drafted a guy in the second round named Ray McCallum Jr. And nobody knows who that is. If you guys know that, I'd be very impressed. And that's you know, okay. <laughs> so, so everybody was putting their money, and at that time, it wasn't even Giannis because Giannis yeah. they didn't know about right. Giannis first year. It was like, who is this skinny right. kid? Is he going to be any good? So people are putting money into guys like Michael Carter Williams because he was at, mm-hmm. he was getting triple doubles his first game or whatever. People his stuff his hoops were going hundred dollars. It was dumb. Right. Um, Victor Olam Depot guys like that from that yeah, right. class. I found this guy Ray McCallum and I'm a Kings fan and I was like I'm gonna get every Ray McCallum Jr. card ever made because. He's cool. <laughs> So I started and it became an obsession and I, and, and I started buying them. And then I started realizing other people were buying them because toward the end of the second half of that, his rookie year, someone got hurt or they were tanking. I can't remember, but they let him play. And he was okay. He did okay. He started scoring. Like he had a couple games where he was scoring in the high twenties and, you know, back, you know, how prospecting it, everybody's like, Oh, you know, who is this guy? He's going to be the starting issue or whatever. So people were buying People were actually outbidding me and, you know, sniping and, and on really rare cars. <laughs> and I couldn't right. believe it. And so I just started. So, you know what? I'm just going to get everything. So I started. I was like, first thing I'm going to do, he only has one RPA, Immaculate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to do the whole print run. There's 99. <laughs> I probably have about, I probably have about 70. Oh, wow. Know. 70? So, and the thing was, back then, I, I hate to tell you this, when he was having good games, they were probably selling between 40 and $80 a piece. Oh, wow. So wow. I was buying them. Like, I didn't care. I was outbidding whoever. I was like, you're not going to outbid me. I'm getting every one. <laughs> now, now I think the last one, I missed it because I don't even check for them anymore. One for like a dollar or $2. But anyway, <laughs> okay. so, so I, I was like, I'm going to buy every Macro RPA. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go even further. He has logo mans in there, right? And he has right. that year, the rookies had five logo mans. And I mean, the same logo man, but it was sort of number out of five. I was like, mm-hmm. let me get them all. So I end up getting four out of the five. I can't find wow. number five out of five. It might still be in packs. Who knows? Right? Right, right? I said, let me go a little bit further. Let me buy all the acetates, their jersey number. They're number to three. So I bought all three of them. So one, two, I have one and one, two, a two, three, a three. Crazy. And I said, okay, let me get the big boy. I got the one-on-one logo man with the inscription. It's like, go Kings. It's actually, if you look on my blowout, it's on my little avatar. It's that card. And people okay. are like, who okay. is right, that? Right. I'm like, that's great. Cool. <laughs> you know, go Kings. That's like my most prized, I don't know, like, most prized possession. <laughs> and I probably paid, I probably paid a lot that knowing me but I, I can't remember but if i was paying 40 to 80 per rpa you can only imagine what i was paying for logo man paying yeah. for the acetates and paying mm-hmm. for the uh 101 and i said you know what let me get all his prisms so i started buying his gold prisms that year they had <laughs> that's the year they just went crazy with serial numbers they had blue die cuts they had retail versions they had 49 right. 60 you know buying them all like Uh autographs gold prism autographs every set he was in 
I was making sure I was buying every one-on-one, every out of five, every out of 10. And I'm going to, sh- I probably should just start an Instagram page just for the Ray McCallums <laughs> I have to show people how stupid it is. I'll follow it. I'll follow it. If you'd start yeah, it. Sure. And, and then it might also help me put, you know, eyes out there for the ones I'm missing. Some but people I will tell you, of course. They'll, they'll probably try to yeah get me for them. You know, if someone has a you know the five of five logo man, they're probably going to ask me. You know, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, for sure. I, <laughs> I, like, I, I know you need it. <laughs> <laughs> but but honestly, if you could see like, and I'm not, I have almost every one on one. I think that he has because he came out in products later. He actually got traded to the San Antonio Spurs after I think his third year. And I'm like, oh, should I sell him? Because there was actually a little bump in his prices. They weren't anything, but they took a little bump because he's going to Greg Popovich. And mm-hmm. at that time, I mean, it's like, is he going to play, you know, be a, a contributor on that team? But I was like, nope, I'm going to keep buying them. And I, cause I kept making more cards of them in his Spurs uniform. And I kept buying That's hilarious. them. And honestly, I'll say the other day I was looking and I found a one-on-one as a prestige. It was either prestige. I can't remember what it was a die cut, but it was an auto. It was a lot. It was a one-on-one, one number to 10, and one number to 25. And I think I paid 20 bucks for all three cards. And it goes straight oh, wow. to the PC. But you got to love that part of it. Because yeah. now, oh, yeah. nobody's looking for it. I'm like, who bid, tw- who bid $19 on me? $19.50. Do you even get it? <laughs> like, who is this? Who's been, is it him? Is it Ray McCallum himself? <laughs> like, the, guy the guy who has, has the number five. five. <laughs> so i mean i was happy i mean because back then i would probably pay hundreds for that right right so for i'm sure. able to now find them and get them a lot cheaper when i can but there's not much that i don't have anymore that was one of the one ones i didn't have but I, i'm gonna put i'm gonna put a post together and you're gonna be like what are you doing with all these great <laughs> cards? This, i mean i have two boxes full of them and it's that's my pc i know that's yeah. weird but and I'm going to keep buying them because why stop now with everything? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, sure, I mean, sure. at this point, I've lost how much money on it. So why stop <laughs> now? I mean, it's and it's not going to cost me anymore anymore. You know, to, I'm not going to spend money anymore unless someone's going to be a total butt about yeah. it and just say, "Hey, <laughs> right. I'm going to outbid everyone I see on there because I know that Leon's going to get them." But um, yeah. that's that's a cool PC. story. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, that's yeah. you know what the, the if... high range stuff. I just I move it like if. Right. I look at terms, things now look at when I see high dollar cards and anything I get high in, I look at instead of who I want to keep it for myself. Honestly, my mindset is how much can I make on it? And then I can flip that into something else. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's not, a, it's not, I am people like, well, then do you collect or do you do this for a hobby? It's fun for me to do the search, to find, to buy right. and sell. Yeah. That's the fun part. Right. And it's fun to find Ray McCallum stuff too. But <laughs> at the same time, the the Jordans and LeBrons and the Kobe's and the Wilts and all this stuff, it's cool. But as long as there's a number, you know, a figure that I get that I'm happy with, that I make enough on it, I'm happy. Someone else can enjoy it and go to their PC. Sure. And I can just yeah. keep it moving and keep, you know, what I do. And this is what I do, what I love. I keep it going, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean that's the fun part for sure. You don't want to run out of inventory. You want to keep it going, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just curious, uh, before we get to the rapid fire, 
you know, with all the ups and downs you've experienced, obviously you've been in the hobby for a long time and we're kind of in this bear, you know, what, what's your current outlook on the state of the hobby right now? Where do you think we go from here? Honestly, with fanatics taking over, um, and then, you know, the rumor that the Panini rumor that I heard over the national, mm-hmm. which is still happy they're, you know, get bought. I mean, I, I don't know what to expect because we've been so used to Panini for a while, right? You know what I mean? Right. As the yeah. only people. Um, back when the 90s, I mean, you had Upper Deck, Skybox, Hoops, you know what I mean? Fleer. Um, yeah. All the way up until 2009 when Panini first came in. And then that was the last year of Tops. And, you know, uh, Upper Deck, they released that wasn't college, right? And I mean, those are great times, but this has been panini, panini, and then all upper deck has been is college stuff. So I, I don't know what to expect, um, but I think for me and what I deal with, it doesn't affect me too much because mm-hmm. I really buy the older stuff. Right. The newer right. stuff I play around with, like um, every year I play with Prism because I'm i'm gonna join group breaks because that's the the gambler pardon me you know what i mean yeah yeah. i'm trying to get that scotty barnes gold prism that i missed out Mm -hmm. on that was in one break (laughs) you know what i mean i didn't get it i was in that break but i didn't have the raptors you know Uh, and and so those type of things because you get you get the the rush that you get of hitting something like that is so much fun but I'm not going to throw, I'm not going to buy cases of cases of it myself at the cost that they're selling it for to try to yeah. pull it myself. Group breaking right, is, right. is fun. It's a fun way to do it. Um, but that's really the extent of what I get modern. Now, if someone comes up to my table and uh, or offers me a Scotty Barnes gold prism, you know, and it's something that I can get into comfortably, I'll take a mm-hmm. stab at it. You know what I mean? That's, but that's really the extent of it with fanatics taking over and, and you know all these new products coming out i only dabble in it so much so i don't know as far as for me it doesn't affect me too much but for the outlook of the hobby i don't i don't know what to expect again we're just so used to panini and and you know they cut corners i'm not gonna everybody knows it and mm-hmm. and um it's time for a change and um we'll see what happens but and i've had things you know i've seen it myself everybody has a panini with redemptions yeah, right. that yeah, you get a nice redemption. What do you do? Do you try, do you hold? Do you try to redeem it? Yeah. Do you sell it? But yeah. it's so like I pulled a Vince Carter one-on-one Logo Man Auto out of National Treasures wow. back Damn. in 2012, Crazy. 13, and I didn't know what to do with it because it was kind of like <laughs> even back then it was still a little funny, right? With yeah, the right. and yeah, 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 and I was just like, uh, and and I had opened three cases. That's how affordable for myself. This stuff was affordable. This was like, I want to say fifteen hundred a case. It was ridiculous yeah. for yeah. basketball. Two thousand twelve, thirteen national treasure. Yeah, that's crazy. I bought yeah. three cases, and I remember I was at Myrtle Beach with my friends, and they went out. And they wanted to go on the strip and have fun on the beach, and I wanted to sit in the hotel room and open these antique cases. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> and, and, I, and I opened them, and I pulled that logo, man. I was oh, like, man. Wow. I was like, what do I do with it? And, and me, being, <laughs> me, I mean, how long ago was that? Ten so many years ago. I sold, ago, yeah. I, sold I sold it. You sold it. Yeah, you ain't going to keep it. Yeah, I sold it. I sold it. I didn't know what was going to happen. I sold it. I sold it way too cheap, and that's probably one car that I 
wish I would have. I mean, we always say wish we would have kept, but that's probably one probably won't get it. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Say bye. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of. I mean, the, okay. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen with the hobby with 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 them taking. Okay. Over. Fair it's enough. Yeah. Well, we'll all wait and see for sure. Uh, Leon, thanks for yeah, just you know yeah, the, your story. We it was uh, um, great to hear where you came from in terms of like your journey with the hobby and. Um, yeah, so glad you reached out to us. So with all our guests, we'd like to just kind of go through some very quick rapid fire questions. So I hope you're prepared for that. Um, oh, I think I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think uh, I already know your first answer, but I was going to ask favorite card you currently own. So it's probably Ray McCallum something, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that next uh, question? Can we? <laughs> yes, you, you already hit the nail on the head. It's my avatar and blah. It's the Ray McCallum. Go King. Logo Man, Immaculate. It's only Logo Man, like one one um, Okay. It says it has a description, Go yeah. Kings. Um, that's right. if, I, if, I, if I ever see a Ray McCallum card at a local show in Toronto, I'll pick one up for you and send it there to you. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, question number two. Most valuable card you currently own? I know you have a few. Um, I'll be honest with you. The sweet spot for me has been at card shows has been between 100 and about $500. And I, okay. and I've noticed okay. I've had a lot. Um, the most recent was the Wilt, the incredible gem. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I don't know what the real value of that was. Cause because there's not many SGC gems will autos, and I just sold it right at the national, right before the national. Mm. I just sold it. Um, that was probably the most valuable I had at the time. I don't. I've had lots of like probably the two. I've had gold refractor curries, or you know, okay. top chrome. Oh. I had that Crazy. whole set. The whole set of five hundred. You know, the refractor. I had the whole set. I collected oh. that when it first came out. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. The Curry Exquisites, they have the ones, two different versions in his Davidson uniform, the 225. Mm. I had his parallel to 30. I had four of those. Wow. And you can only imagine <laughs> what they go for. I never had yeah. an NTRPA, but I had a ton of those Exquisites. I had the 225 because they weren't that expensive. They were a few hundred dollar cards. Yeah. Um, I mean, and we're going back. But now, honestly, what I probably have, I would say it's probably... I have several Bill Russells, um, and they're mm-hmm. probably in the two, three thousand dollar range. Um, and I have some nice exquisite stuff that's probably in the two, three thousand dollar range. Okay. Yeah. But I'll be honest, I have a ton of stuff that's in the one to five because that's the sweet spot. Right. And then I also have a lot of stuff in, from five hundred to about two thousand. But I'll be honest with you, recently I just I kind of liquidated all my stuff that was over like 10 grand. I had some Jordan autos. I had some LeBron autos. Okay. I had the will. And I moved them for one. Um, people, unless you're at the national or run these bigger shows, people aren't walking around the car shows with 20 grand in their pocket. Right. To drop right. Out so auto. Yeah. But if you had $21,000 cards that are really nice, Patch autos of Bird, Johnson, Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these guys, you know, Kareem or whoever, they'll buy those. I've, I've learned sure. that. Like they'll, yeah. they'll go and they'll buy all of those. So I, oh, I adjusted my way of thought because I used to have these bigger cars and I was like, they're just sitting there. 
Yeah. And unless I go to a bigger show and I said, you know what, I want something that I can move and it's not stagnant. So I started liquidating. I started trading down. I started taking, if I had to with some things, I started taking, you know, half cash so I could invest in something else and then mm-hmm. taking the rest and trade. Um, or I started, I mean, every once in a while I'll sell, you know, I sold a Jordan for like 13 K or, you know, like mm-hmm. a, a LeBron for 9K. And that's great and all, but it doesn't happen very often. Those sure. cards sat in my cases for a few months. So I'd rather okay. have a whole bunch of, you know, 1 to 500, right. 500 to 1,000, 1,000 to 2,000. And then it kind of gets right. it gets a little murky, the two and up. I mean, there's always a range for everybody, for, for, but for Bass, it gets a little murky. And some of that stuff sits there. And I'm like, that's not making me any money as a, as a business owner and stuff that just sits there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So okay, and, no, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I know you're mostly into basketball, but I'm sure you heard about the Mickey Mantle 1952 Topps baseball card SGC 9.5 that sold for 12.6 million. Your opinion: worth every penny or buyer overpaid? <sighs> how many? How many? What's the pop on that? Or I mean, that's a nine five though. So the tens have a pop. SGC three. three, three there's yeah. three three tens. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So the nine five, do you know? the pop count on that or i'm gonna say one i'm assuming that's the fourth best card out there yeah hmm. okay so the reason i'm gonna say it's worth every penny and that's my answer is because there's a whole lot more than four people with enough money right that want right, that right, card right. okay yeah. so i mean we're talking i don't know millionaire but whatever you have to be or sure. a collector right. like you guys said it's it's almost at a sense art it's like a right, piece right. of art, like a Van Gogh or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, um, will I ever be able to sniff that? No. Or a lot of us won't ever be able to sniff that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But the people yeah. that can, there's always going to be a market for that, I believe, because there's only four. It's like the fourth best one, right? Yeah. And there's exactly. more than four people that, that want that Mickey Mantle as a grail in their collection or to sure. show off or whatever. And people that have the money. Good so answer. I'd say it's worth for <laughs> penny. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're aligned for the most part, yeah. All right, next question. What's the most, going back to basketball, what's the most underrated basketball card set, in your opinion? Hmm. Oh, that's tough. Um, it would have been 2012 Prism, but that took off last year. So <laughs> Right. Uh, and it would have been 2009 Topps Chrome last mm-hmm. year but that took off that's <laughs> oh i can't wait to hear what leon says next because i'm gonna buy whatever he says <laughs> i feel like he's on to something I, i'll be honest you guys that already kind of hit the nail on the head i still think these chrome refractors are underrated mm-hmm. um love it some people don't like them i'll be honest with you. some people it's not for them it's shiny it's not numbered you know what i mean but they didn't make so many of them, especially the golds. Right. Um, yeah. So a set, I, I wouldn't put it on any specific year. Um, well, I love 2009 because mm-hmm. for the reasons I said, it's the last year. Um, they didn't have tops chrome packs. You had to get them out of regular hobby tops, the paper tops. They were extremely that. hard to pull. Huh. You hardly ever see them. Right, you ever? I've seen 90, 96, 97 Topps Chrome boxes. You see them. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you see a ton of two thousand nine Topps boxes? Right. So Topps Chrome refractors are still very underrated. Those later sets, and I'm not by any means saying 
go buy them or you know what I'm saying? Like they're the next yeah. big thing, but you guys yeah. should already hit the nail on the head. I think they're still very popular and they're still quite affordable, at least for some of the, the lesser guys. I mean, yeah. Curry, obviously, no, you know what I mean? But, but some of the right, lesser right. guys, some of the veterans, even the LeBrons have come down quite a bit. The golds right. have them, but you know what I mean? The, the fractures and things. The I just ones, love yeah. that shot. Who doesn't love nineties basketball? If you grew up mm-hmm. in that time, Right, the refractors. So, mm-hmm. those okay. sets to me are probably, you know, the most underrated. Okay, good answer. Lastly, we always make it about us. Um, based in Toronto, uh, our, <laughs> you know, the three of us. So, uh, a question about the Raptors, more specifically, the reigning rookie of the year, Scotty Barnes. <laughs> Overrated or underrated in the hobby? There's only one right answer here. I, I don't. I don't want to be. I want to be asked back on the show, so I don't want to give a bad answer. <laughs> no, um, no, we want an honest, honest answer. <laughs> I know, I know. I was just kidding. Um, honestly, he is priced pretty high, and honestly, most of the rookies that come out get rookie of the year, they get that bump, right? Sure. Right. And he kind of snuck in there because I thought it was Mobley, like mm-hmm. almost to the very end. And mm-hmm. I don't know if we got hurt. I can't remember what happened, but – Everybody's like Moby, 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 and then he snuck in and kind of. So he kind of came in there and snuck in and, and took it. <laughs> right. Um, but when I look at his prices compared to, let's say, Cade mm-hmm. and Mobley, he's kind of right in there. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, this is tough because, like I said before, with the modern, I'll take a stab at stuff, but it'd be like a gold prism. And if mm-hmm. I had to say underrated or overrated. Ooh, that's that's tough. <laughs> I'd probably say he's. It de- really depends on what Toronto is going to do with their team and how far, mm-hmm. where they go. They go on a championship, so I can say that he is underrated because of the unknown. But mm-hmm. I always feel that every rookie after their rookie year is overrated as far as car values because it happens sure. every year. Right, people want the first sure. year. Yeah. And then next year comes back, and then the, these guys fall under, under you know, they go on the yeah, radar. True, true. And it's always about what he does his sophomore year, his second and third year. Because they always say, well, depending on age, usually that third year is where they kick it in the gear, and you're going to know, right? Yeah, so there's some late sure. bloomers. So I don't know what um, Barnes is going to do. I do like his game. Um, I have watched, you know, I always get leaked pass. I do do watch games. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um I do like how Toronto, they have some pieces, but I don't know what the East is. It's always wide open in the East, right? <laughs> right I always yeah. feel that any team in the East can compete. Right. I don't care what they say. Because uh, this year, uh, I mean, it was the Celtics last year, it was the Bucks, and then the Raptors won, right? It was, mm-hmm. And so it, any year you compete. It took Kawhi, don't get me wrong, Kawhi was a big piece of that, but yeah. who's to say that? And it's not going to, I don't know if it's going to be Durant, but who's to say someone like Durant comes to there, right? And sure. turns it around. And then Barnes is your bona fide sidekick. And, and that's, a, that's a big plus there. True. Um, so I'm going to say right now he's underrated for the unknown because I, I look at those factors. Okay. I can't say he's, and, and as far as car values, I could say it's overrated just because they always take that jump, the rookie of the year jump, the yeah. first year rookies. And then they start coming back down, um, you know, to where a, a level you can buy them at, right, right. especially and if they have a quiet sophomore year. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, for sure. 
I heard underrated, so we'll invite Leon back on the show some other time. Um, <laughs> that being all said. But uh, truthfully and honestly, again, Leon, thanks for joining us on the pod today. Thanks for your insight. And thank you for always, of course, tuning into our podcast week after week. We appreciate Absolutely. you. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure, guys. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. Thank you. All right, that was a fun interview with Leon. We're always glad, you know, to get feedback and enjoy all the DMs we get from fans of the show. Um, that's how Leon reached out to us. So yeah, you know, we feel free to reach out to us on Instagram again at Cards to the Moon, all one word, and we love to connect with you that way. Okay, let's uh, move on now because it was a lengthier episode. We're just gonna go straight to our regular weekly segment we call Pick One. And if you're new to the show, this is when each of us chooses two cards or two players, and then we debate which one we would rather invest in. All right. So as usual, let's have Hyung lead things off for us. All right. Uh, so this week, because of all the news with you know PEDs, it's going to be the battle of the juice monkeys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sad to say this, but I I think Barry Bonds is tremendously <laughs> un- underrated so I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, you're br- bringing Barry okay. I'm, I'm bringing Barry we talked about this on the Friday episode you know, yeah, you know with, right. with the <laughs> top Tiffany um, yeah. but I'm gonna go a PSA 10 okay so mm-hmm. last sold for 6600 so it's it's kind of like on the lower end of kind of like the the height I, I think it was over 10k at one point oh. so right, yeah. um it's Barry Bonds, the 11 T, Topps Tiffany, 1986, um, pop of 444, PSA 10, versus mm-hmm. the other juice monkey of Fernando Tatis, a blue auto Bowman Chrome. Uh, last actually sold for 5,500, which is pretty crazy for a true blue uh, for Fernando Tatis. I'd never seen it. I don't remember how the last time it was this cheap, to be honest. Wow. Uh, but that has a pop of 87 so um we talk about like hall of fame induction and the consequences that fernando tatis might you know run into but you look at guys like barry bonds will it come into effect in terms of card prices in the future uh so what what is the better investment at this point six six grand is a lot of money um barry bonds is slightly more but if you if if you're gonna you know invest in one of these guys who would it be in, in terms of those two cards? Oh, <clears throat> Battle of the Juice Monkeys. Um, <laughs> you know, you guys know on a personal level, I love Tatis. And seemingly would be an easy choice, but I'm, I, I, can't get, I can't stay away from that Barry Bonds. I think Barry Bonds is the easy answer. Um, I, think, Ooh, huh. I think the combination... I, okay, I will say this. Tatis, obviously, you know, like Clark... What Clark has been doing, people have been doubling down. The price is so cheap. I think the potential for the volatility of that card is big. So I can I can understand from an investment or quick flipping or whatever you want to do, there's a potential there. But I think in terms of long term, when you kind of look at what's happening with modern, ultra modern cards right now and vintage, um, I you know give a check mark to the vintage side uh, for Barry Bonds. And then I think Barry Bonds in general, I think his, the whole cheater thing and a lot of that, like Hyung said, like mentioned in previous episodes, like as time goes on, 
it starts to wear off. And I think Barry Bonds was kind of forgotten because everybody was always talking Mike Trout. And now Mike Trout being, you know, the GOAT, quote unquote GOAT, you know, with that being in question, I think conversations about greatest of all time and all of that jazz in baseball, I think that I could see that picking up. Mm. Top five all time, greatest of all time. And you know Barry Bonds' name is going to be right up there as these, talk, you know, like kind of like MJ LeBron sort of talks. Those talks really weren't around for baseball for the last couple of years because everyone just thought it was going to be Mike Trout. Or at least that's my own opinion. Maybe I observed wrong. But I think the conversation around Barry Bonds going forward, and I, I like and I'm attracted to investing in, in vintage, although it kind of counts as sort of like modern vintage. Uh, for those reasons, I think it's an easy choice, Barry Bonds. Interesting. What about you, Clark? Um, I'm going to go with my boy Tatis. I knew it. Because... Yeah, I knew it. Can't back away from this purchase. I'm, I'm, I'm tripling down now <laughs> with oh. this blue refractor. <laughs> I'm already in too deep, so I might as well go deeper. Um, but I think what John says is actually true. Like It depends on your timeline, and I'm looking at a quick flip. Right. Like I think it's reasonable to expect that you can make money in the next year when mm-hmm. he comes back, mm-hmm. right? Like I think looking at the charts, this um, sub 6,000 sale, you, ha- you didn't see that um, since 2020, fall of 2020, right? right. right? And then below that, um, summer of 2020, there was a resistance around 4K. So mm-hmm. I think that's your bottom. Right. You know, if it goes down to 4K, it might go down that far. But I think when he starts playing and I expect him to be um uh to produce i don't know if i mentioned this on the friday episode with you hyung but you know i don't think he took peds when he was 22 21 right. to enhance his performance right right, right? right. i think it was uh he to heal playing. faster yeah. get back um, the field. and i don't think he needs it. whereas you know i think john you mentioned in another episode where all these other guys that was um that was um you know caught taking peds was at the tail end of the end of their career so they probably did it just to um you know remain in the game as long as possible um more likely than someone as young as tatis to be using Mm -hmm. peds to you know to play better so i think you know he's got raw natural talent we've seen it before and uh, i'm expecting that to happen when he comes back you know as long as he stays off his motorcycle as long as he uh, doesn't get ringworm, um, I think we're good to go. So, so I'm 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 all in on Tatis Man. for this one v one. Nice. Um, yeah, I I think because I have a couple monster Tatis that I'm obviously holding, not selling. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Barry Bonds. I bet, like I said, I've been on this hmm. uh, hunt of, uh, you know, kind of like, well, one Barry Bonds. I think he's the most underrated player. 160 plus WAR. You know, and then, you know, that 72 home run season, 76, 762 yeah. home run, career home runs, you know, and I've, I've, I remember watching Barry Bonds in the 80s, oh like with, with Pittsburgh, with Pittsburgh. And I thought he was like so amazing. Like, Superman. It's Barry yeah. Bonds and Bobby Bonilla, Bobby man. Bonilla. It was like they, so they, good. they ran the early 90s. Yeah. And that, and being a fan of Barry Bonds growing up and seeing how good he was in that era, it, it, I think uh, John does make a point with even Trout. Like I think it made me self-reflective. How good is Trout? And if you mm. compare him to like really, really like those goat type players, and I, I think Bonds is probably 
the top, uh, one of the top. I think um, his card prices are pretty cheap for who he is and what he's done uh, for the game. Mm-hmm. So he's still around the game too. So which which is crazy. But I'm gonna pick uh, the the top Stephanie Barry Bonds. I I just I for me it's a long term hold, and that's kind of like more of my strategies where I'm kind of over the whole flipping game unless you know I get offers where I can't you know right. I can't say no. But I do believe yeah there's gonna be more opportunity on that uh, Fernando Tatis uh, blue though for right. sure. So mm-hmm. that's the other side. If it was a short term flip then I probably would go Tatis. But because I have multiple Tatis, I'm going to go with the the top traded. Right on. All right. Two for Bonds. Wow. I'm sure Bonds wants you guys to... battle of the PDs. uh, Or the juice monkeys. (laughs) Yeah, so it's all good. Bonds wishes you guys were like journalists so you guys can vote him into the Journalists shouldn't shouldn't be the ones voting, first of all. That's the most insane thing. By the way, I just had to say that. Why? Why are journalists? Sorry, Claire. I know you're like a journalist before, but like, why are like the writers? Why are you dictating? disrespecting? No disrespect. It's just logic. The the players and managers should be the ultimate decision maker on who who basically you know gets in or get doesn't right. So that's just my two cents. But anyways, that's a that's a whole new episode, a whole new <laughs> podcast actually. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough though. Okay. Um, Okay, Johnny, what's your right. what's your pick? So one? related to what we were just talking about, I'm sticking to baseball. Uh, we just mentioned Mike Trout's mm-hmm. name, and Clark, you mentioned Mike Trout last week when we were talking about him. How when healthy, mm-hmm. he is the best player in the game, and he's he's back. He's he's looking like the best player in the game, but mm-hmm. there's also a when healthy best player in the game, and that's Otani, his running mate. So I'm going to say $25,000. We're going to go big boy money here because I want to include, you know, I think if you want to try to get a grail Mike Trout, you're you're looking at kind of like that $20,000, $25,000 range. So we're going to go $25,000 budget. You investing in Mike Trout or you investing in his running mate, Otani? They both are very similar, like top of the class when healthy, but when healthy is kind of a big if, right? Right. Hmm. Oh, this is a tough one. Um, man, I already got burned by Shoy. I didn't know if he could do it back to back. That's why I traded. Like, I don't know how many times I mentioned it on this podcast, but I traded it for Vlad. You know, but um, and I still like Vlad, of course. But Shoy's doing it again. You know, and and um, do I fade him again? <laughs> do I fade him again? Um, I think I fade him again. I, I think I'm gonna go with Mike Trout. Like I, there's something I can't quit Mike Trout for whatever reason. You know, yeah. I'm like, this is the year that he's gonna be healthy, and it just takes one year for him to have another fully healthy season, 150 plus games, and you know, you could just imagine what his numbers will be if he plays 150 plus games, right. and I think that'll be enough to spike his value again. You know. Beyond one year, I don't know. He, he, he might get hurt again. <laughs> but, you know, I think I think there's really... I'm just asking for one year, Mike Trout. Just one year for me to win this 1v1. Because I will be right <laughs> if that was the case. <laughs> the only way I'll be wrong is if Shohei continues to be this historic on the pitching and batting side. And he doesn't get hurt. He's been hurt yeah. before, right? So he's right. not even immune to being injured. So I'm going with Mike Trout. Yeah, th- it's that's a, that's a tough one, John. Because... I uh, I thought, like, 
I thought I was going to pick Otani, actually, because I've been kind of a little off my trout because of, like, our last, you know, few weeks. But I know, I'm like, I can't disrespect the guy. Like, he's, he's done so much uh, in his career already. And what worries me about Otani is the longevity again, right? right. But we got to remember, Otani also pitched in Japan and just dominated. Like, I look at, like, Ichiro's career, and you look at how he entered the uh, major leagues and later on in his career, but he's had a super successful, you know, uh, uh, career in Japan before this, right? So it's kind of the same thing with Otani. He's been, he's been pitching, you know, uh, between Japan and, you know, the MLBs for, for a while now, and he's been putting up mm-hmm. some serious, serious numbers and stuff that we've probably not never going to see again to be honest like it's it comes once a century type at that rate it's like babe ruth and then you got otani 100 years later or whatever it is right so um there's that so those are the two things i'm battling with and you know 25k is a a pretty big chunk of change so i'm actually going to go mike trout but i could see like for me it's like otani could win more mvps than mike trout you know, it's it's very possible because I mean he has won. There's talks he's at he's at a seven war right now between his hitting and pitching. Obviously, he I don't think he deserves the MVP this year. But um, if he does pull a couple more, you know, MVPs, you know, it changes a lot of things. And Otani's the type of guy that can that can do it. Like his body has sure. the longevity in terms of the strength and athletic ability. So I really like. I, I, I really want to invest in Otani, uh, to be honest, because I don't think we're, we'll have we'll have the, um, that kind of type of player again. But this, if we're talking twenty five thousand, I'm going to invest in Mike Trout, like I said, just because he's he's the safer bet, and you know I'm not writing him off completely. So I think you could. I remember somebody was selling a Bowman Chrome X Fractor online for like fifteen or sixteen k. A Bowman That's actually Chrome, the card. Uh, uh, sorry, refractor, refractor, not X Fractor. Okay. Yeah, refractor. refractor. Yeah, but still, refractor is still a monster, yeah, a monster right. card, right? It was a sub twenty k, which is insane. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think you could pick up a pretty nice Mike Trout for that price. And Otani, it's like, man, I think he's overpriced at that point, at that twenty five k mark, right? So, right. I'm gonna go Trout. I'm gonna, I'm picking Otani, man. Um, I actually thought, well, I actually <laughs> thought one of you guys would, but I pick Otani. I was gonna. Uh, I pick Otani for every all of the reasons Hyung highlighted. I think, uh, I mean, we're not in a disagreement with this. He is, like, I, he may not even be generational. This is this is, you know, like once in a century type of player. And I think he is staying healthy, which is giving people a lot more confidence. And I think if he stays healthy, I think people are really backing away. From spending big big money on him because there's still a little there's still some nervousness about that like just going all in but i think when that confidence mm-hmm. shows up at some point let's let's cross our fingers that he stays healthy man mm-hmm. the sky is the limit for a player like this in the hobby in the collecting world you know he reaches out to international markets i think the sky is the limit so i think both are risky at this point both are you know otani cards are not to the moon right now they went to the moon and kind of came back right so both are trading at affordable prices compared to what they used to be um i i, I like watani and i think it, maybe it's a little bit personal too I, I i like watching him so if i'm gonna be if you know not that it's actually gonna happen but if you're gonna be spending twenty five thousand, 
I want to be staring at yeah. some stuff that I really like. So we're going Otani. Yeah, makes sense. That's, uh, yeah, makes sense to me too. All right, uh, we'll finish off this episode with my pick one. So these are two cards I actually really want. Um, they're both on my watch list, and they've been coming down steadily, like with a lot of other mm. cards. But it's kind of plateauing. It seems to be finding its resistance now. So I kind of need your guys' help or interest in what you guys say. So on one side, it's the 2000... We were talking about Topps Chrome Refractors with Leon, actually. Um, so the 2008 Topps Chrome Refractor of uh, Kobe Bryant, where he's um, being guarded by LeBron James. All right, PSA 10, last sold for just over 4500 What? Um, yeah, 4500 <laughs> Pop count of 110 And... The other one in that set is the 2008 Topps Chrome Refractor of LeBron with the Chalk Toss, if you guys right, know right, right. the iconic card there. Uh, that last sold for 3000 mm. right? So 15 uh, 1500 less. And that has a similar pop count of 106. So 106 to 110, so it's pretty even. So yeah, the Chalk Toss is cheaper um, by 1500 but the pop count's the same. And yeah, yeah. Which one are you going for first? If you oh want man, vote? this one's tough actually. Um, I think I'm gonna go with the Kobe Bryant. Actually, um, okay. I just uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I mean, LeBron. LeBron James is like we all know he's pretty polarizing, especially in in the hobby. Like you either love LeBron or you hate him. But I think Kobe's legacy is just. It's it, it's tough. You're 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 comparing both, but it's like who you like better, and for me, it's like, yeah, it's it, it it's pretty easy to be honest. For me, it's Kobe, um, the Kobe card uh, for sure. Okay. I can't believe this is actually a question for me. Well, you guys know what my answer is. It's the oh, I know yours. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just yeah. go. <laughs> no, it's the Kobe Bryant. But you know, I, I I first of all, I can't believe it's forty five hundred. I'm actually, <laughs> I would be on board with you. <laughs> I actually want to pick that card up. Um, I might have to compete with you, Clark. But you know, you know, from an you know from an investment standpoint, um, both are iconic images. I mean, the 2008 set was like the stadium club of basketball with just such unique photos. Um, but what whatever you feel about LeBron, for me, for example, um, I think you kind of get the bo- best of both worlds, right? Obviously, it's not the chalk toss image which is super cool in itself. And if you're a hardcore, hardcore LeBron fan on its own, I'm, I am get it why you would want that card. But from an investment standpoint, I think there's just so much going on with that Kobe card, right? Number one, like Hyung said, hmm. Kobe's legacy. Number two, you know, it's rare to see like such a perfect picture, perfect moment of like two of the all-time greats in one photo. There are some others, you know, but I think there's something about that photo how they're lined up, um, you know, post, he, Kobe's posting up on LeBron. Like, there's just something about that photo that's so awesome to have two legends in the same photo. I think from an investment standpoint, uh, it's not just the Kobe Bryant card. I think this is like a LeBron, Kobe together legendary basketball card. So I think it just has bigger legs in the future when basketball, if and when basketball decides to bounce back, I think this is the card. So, hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I won't extend this too long. I'm going with the Kobe as well. You know, I thought I would uh, 
see if I could get you on the price difference. <laughs> but <laughs> and uh, but if you look at the peak, it's crazy, right? Like the Kobe Bryant top score refractor PSA ten. Two of them sold at its peak for over thirty thousand. Damn, over thirty k. And then uh, for the chalk toss, the highest it went um, was just over ten k. Wow. So yeah, um, there's more potential with the Kobe if you just look at you know, past sales, I guess. But um, but yeah, it's pretty iconic. If it, um, Clarky, if it was like thirty nine hundred, what are you doing? I might trade one of my cards and pay cash for the other, <laughs> for the rest. Yeah, I really want it. Yeah. Maybe we could split. Maybe we could talk off air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, another great episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We always appreciate all our listeners and followers and subscribers. And um, yeah, if you enjoyed the episode, we appreciate you giving us five stars wherever you listen to your podcast. And uh, we can't wait to do this again next week for a brand new episode on Tuesday. See you then. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5cardguys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at Trade You at Recess. You can also check us out at 5cardguys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.